0: Our conversation with Andy Brickley is sponsored by McGee Chevrolet in Raynham, The first place and the last place you'll ever need to shop for a new or used Chevrolet. And by Precision Fitness Equipment. Shopper the pros. Do visit PrecisionFitnessEquipment.com for a store near you. Andy joins us on the AT&T hotline, AT&T 4GLTE. Good morning, Andy. How are you?
1: John, uh, you know I went to UNH, and that's not uh, Big Sky Conference. But I, too, was a Mr. Irrelevant. (laughs) If you want to pass that information
0: along. Yeah, you want to meet her? The, the... <laughs> She's an attractive young lady, Brick. I'll say that. And she seems to have a very good attitude, which is always important, don't you think?
1: Uh, always. Attitude is very high on everyone's list well, as far as we're concerned, right?
2: What number did you go in the draft? Uh, 210. There were 21 teams in 10 rounds. Did you? Was it better to get drafted at 210 or be a free agent if, if they'd, someone else had gone 210? Would you have been better off?
1: Uh, better off not drafted because I was a late bloomer, and from a walk on my freshman year when I was drafted to an All-American by junior year, I would have been better if I was an uh, Adam Oates, where he was never drafted, and uh. they always get in bidding wars between. All you need is two teams bidding for you. Right. And you need a heck of a lot more money.
0: Hey, uh, Brick, As as for tonight, do TV analysts get butterflies and a little more amped up for game sevens?
1: I think if they're recently retired, they do, but uh, because I've been out for as long as I've been out, I don't. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed every game seven over the last three or four years that the Bruins have been involved in. Uh, I do have a slight change in my routine on a game day, game seven day. Uh, it's a little bit more serious, and uh, even though I'm looking at blue skies and sunshine, uh, this will be truly all about
0: hockey today. No, no golf today. No golf. No golf. Hey, what matters most tonight of the three following things? The Bruins' recent success in seven game situations versus the Caps' recent failures in those same situations. Uh Thomas's experience versus Holtby's inexperience or home ice advantage. Of those three factors? Wow. Um
1: none of the three are all that high on my list, to be honest with you, John. I think the Tim Thomas issue, uh, and I don't think it's because Holtby's inexperienced. I think the fact that Holtby's getting most of the attention Mm -hmm. that he's been the better goalie in this series, I think might work in Tim Thomas's favor going into Game 7. You know, With his mentality and his approach and how he's always trying to prove people wrong even though he's been a decorated goalie in the NHL and has great trophies to prove it, I think there's a little of that going on coming into tonight, and I think that might work in Boston's favor.
0: What is high on your to-do list then?
1: Well, um you know, sometimes it's an overused term in the playoffs, but it's will to win. You know, you can look at all the X's and O's and the matchups that you're trying to get, and as far as the Bruins are concerned, the elevated play of their top six, especially in game six, the way Krejci and Lucci started to finally show up in this series, as far as the offensive side of the puck is concerned. But it's all about the control of your emotions. You know, fear and guilt are great motivators, and the fear of losing, the fear of going home. You have to be able to channel that fear into something positive, and then that's where the experience, I think, starts to come in. The Bruins uh, that were around for game seven losses uh, three years ago, two years ago, and then the, f- the three game seven wins a year ago. The guys that experienced both sides of that, I think they have a better handle on how to handle the emotional side of the game, getting ready for game seven. And again, I put that check mark on the side of the program. What,
2: what on do you give what edge do you give uh, Washington uh, Andy? what doesn't favor the Bruins tonight?
1: The fact that uh, they have the underdog mentality, I think there's less pressure on them. The fact that they've won twice in Boston in this series, and the expectation that this game will be no different than the first six, meaning low-scoring, one-goal game that both teams played the way they've played. Washington obviously believes they have every opportunity to win a game. They feel like this series could very well be over, given the fact that they lost in overtime on home ice in in game six.
2: Hey, we have been discussing the officials. It goes without saying, and this time of year, they're always a factor. Do you? I, I, a couple things. Do you think Marchand flopped, and do you think the call, uh, the 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 hook, or it's called, it was called a slash on Pouliot with three minutes left? Was that a legit call, or should that should they let that slide because of the time in the game and the and, and the moment and, and, and the importance of that those final few moments of the game?
1: Well, first of all, uh, Marshawn sure he embellishes at times. Uh, doesn't make him unique in this league. Doesn't make him unique in this series. Right. Uh, Washington has their sure guys that have tried to got some calls as well. Uh, that being said, I uh, think the Bruins are a more men up team than any team in the NHL. So I'm not going to give that a whole lot of uh, analysis. Um, as far as the officiating, um, haven't liked it. Um, I don't think it's consistent. I don't think it's high quality. I think it's been a disadvantage for both teams, not an advantage in either way. I thought it was a bad penalty call on Pouliot. I did not think there was a whole lot of force on that slash. I guess if you technically look at it, and you know, by the order of the law or the rules, maybe it's a slash. But uh, come on, you know, you have to have a feel for the game, and that's my biggest argument with the officiating today. That uh, not everything's black and white, so your officials have to have an understanding of the game and what's really a penalty and what constitutes a penalty. Given the time, the score, the importance—I mean, that's,
2: those are all. Well, yeah, but what if that if, if that call were made on Pouliot in the first three minutes of the game, or the first three minutes of the second period, would you have the same feeling? Uh,
1: no, I mean, yeah, I'd have the same feeling that I still wouldn't call it, but I wouldn't right. call it in the first three minutes of the period anyway. I mean, that—that's that, not a, to me. That's not a penalty, period.
0: Andy, are there books on officials in the National Hockey League? In other words, does Julian, do Julian and Hunter have a preference as to who will officiate tonight's game, like they do in the NBA?
1: Yeah, it's a mental book, John. It's uh, it's nothing that's written down in black and white. Right. Uh, you get to know the officials. You know their tendencies. You know their personalities. Uh, you know, and, and you know as a coach going in whether you think it's going to hurt or help or be indifferent. And uh, yeah, we saw a game seven last year. Tampa, Boston. I don't think there was a penalty in the game. Right. And the Bruins end up one nothing. And uh, because the Bruins fans are on the winning side, you know, one of the greatest games ever. But when you just look at it, whether you had a rooting interest in either direction, it was a great game. The officials were, were, were they had nothing to do with it. They did the right things. They let them play. Nothing got out of hand. Uh, so much at stake. And that's where we're at tonight.
0: Are you aware of any official that would be really, really good for the Bruins tonight or really, really really bad for them?
1: Uh, no. No? no and, and, and I'm a bad guy to ask that question because I really try not to pay any attention to them. Yeah, but, You know, they're like, a, I want them to be a good sixth defenseman where if I don't notice them, they've done their job. Mm-hmm.
0: Hey, you talked about uh, um, Washington's maybe slight edge is that underdog mentality. The flip side of that coin, can being favored... Can be uh, expected to win uh, on paper, being the better team, be a bit of a downer? I'm guessing the Penguins and the Canucks might tell you it can work against you.
1: Yeah, Pittsburgh-Philly was uh, almost a pick uh, You know, the points during the regular season are talent on both sides. But, uh, you know, the L.A. over Vancouver is an eye-opener for the Boston Bruin players because you know that this can happen. In fact, look at the East. You could have the five through eight seeds all winning series right. uh, to move on. But, uh, sure, Sure. The, the fact that you're expected to win, and I think that's the expectation throughout the whole NHL hockey community, that the Bruins will win tonight and should win tonight, uh, it can be a dangerous thing. And the one thing that I didn't like about this poor group, but I'm going back a year and a half now, is they weren't good frontrunners. When they were expected to win, they didn't handle it very well. But I think their experience a year ago, uh, because they're champions and what they went through at times this year, should help them.
2: Do you think uh, Sean Thornton plays tonight? Do you think uh, Do you think he should, Brick?
1: I would like to see him in the lineup. Uh, I understand the difficulty of that decision. When you look at Sean Thornton and where do you slot him on your team, and uh, how much versatility does he give you, I think will be the ultimate deciding factor. Meaning, uh, if you have a couple of players, say Patrice Bergeron, who's not a hundred percent. And if you get in situations where he gets a little banged up and has to miss some shifts, you need to have players that you can slot in or slide in or make up different combinations with some versatility that, that allows you to keep the rhythm of the game and keep the momentum and where you want it. And I think maybe Caron, in their eyes as a coaching staff, gives them a little bit more versatility than a Thornton. And because of what Sean Thornton's strengths are, maybe we won't see that kind of a hockey game. Uh, I hate to say that because I like Thorny. I like his leadership. He means so much to this team and the emotional element of uh, how, you know, what it takes to win a game seven. Uh, I hope he's in the lineup, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not. Hey, uh,
2: uh, Alexander Ovechkin makes $10 bucks a year. He's the captain. He's the star on that team. Do you give Hunter credit for not playing him as much as Ovechkin would like to play, for taking him off the ice when they have a lead and putting guys out there who are a little more committed to defense, even though Ovechkin's unhappy about it. Is that a, a gutsy move on Hunter's part?
1: I don't know what Hunter's future is in Washington. Uh, you know, I've read stories and talked to people where uh, he's just one and done. He's going to finish this year he's going, going back to junior. Uh, if that's the case, then he has nothing to lose as far as dictating how much ice time Alexander Ovechkin gets. But I appreciate admire any coach in any of the professional sports that has the ability and the fortitude to come in and not allow the tail to wag the dog. And uh, sure, I admire any coach that uh, can look at a superstar and a guy that makes uh, way more money than I do and have the ability to say, you sit down and I'm going to dictate how much you play.
2: Do you, would you do that? I mean, do you agree with it? Does it make sense? Does I mean, obviously, Absolutely. obviously Absolutely. he's fast, he's skilled, he's tough, he's strong. If he's not That's out the there, isn't that an iron. indictment on his effort?
1: He turns the puck over, he takes chances, Uh, he's the ultimate game-breaker, and and he's a 50-goal man, he's a dynamic player. But what gives me my best chance to beat the Boston Bruins? They've proven you have to play them a certain way in order to beat them, and it doesn't play to Ovechkin's strengths. You try to put them in situations where the puck's going in an offensive direction or face-offs in the offensive zone, or you're down by a goal. But if you're up a goal in a third period, and you don't want him on the ice because he's a liability? Absolutely. He's got to have limited ice time.
0: Rick, if we all expect it to be yet again a grinder and a one-goal game, I suppose discipline and penalties and special teams will play a large role in who comes out with this win tonight.
1: Absolutely. And uh, the fact that the Bruins have scored a power play goal in the last two games uh, at least takes some of the negative focus off the Bruin power play. Uh, you can still get on them for what they're doing in the offensive zone, but the fact that they got power play goal in Game 5, despite the loss. But they get a power play goal in Game 6. That helps them win. I think that's uh, it's a big bonus for the players that play the man advantage for the Bruins to put them in the right frame of mind.
0: How much does Bergeron's uh, injury, whatever it may be, limit uh, options and limit their ability to be what they need to be out there?
1: Um, it hurts it a little bit, but again, the balance and the depth that they have at the center position, uh, you know the ability to put Peverly in that slot yep. is... is uh, you know, winning faceoffs he won more than he lost in game six. Um, got Kelly. You watch, watch Claude. Uh, anytime there's a defensive zone face-off, there's at least two sentiment on the ice, and then they'll make the change once they work the puck out to the neutral zone. So they put a huge value on that. I think it's really uh, the only area that hurts if Bergeron's not taking draws. I watched him in his one-on-one battles. He didn't get into as many because of what's going on with him physically right. uh, as he normally would in game six, but when he did, he still understands leverage and body position and won
0: his share of battles. So uh,
1: he said he's ready to go. I have complete confidence in him, but Bruins do have options because of their depth and their versatility. Hey,
0: Brick, prior to a game seven, how do players and coaches balance the need to be intense and, as you said, you know uh, uh, the 50-50 plays and, and, and work harder and move your feet versus being relaxed and loose enough to play the game that you're able to play I- in a natural kind of way?
1: Yeah, if players can uh, look at their coach and see their coach's confidence level and uh, their relaxed uh, attitude, um, their intensity, uh, uh, you know, and that nice balance of uh, the confidence. If, if you have all that coming from your coach, now your leadership group, they, they take that and they handle the room. So if it's, you know, the Captain Char and Bergeron and, and guys that uh, that you look to to be leaders like a Kelly, like a Ferentz, Plus, this group that's been through it. They've been together. They've been through three game sevens last year. and, and it, But it stems from the coaching staff that relaxed, confident, uh, don't take yourself out of a game day routine. This is all business. We expect to win. We're going to win. But it starts at the top. It works its way to the, to the leadership group, and then it works its way into the locker room. And you go through your game, do, game day routine. You don't deviate, and you just get totally prepared what's going
2: to happen tonight. Right, I I know you like the Bruins' chances. Uh, I mean, why wouldn't you? Every, all signs point to the Bruins advancing here. Do you think we'll see the seventh one-goal game of the series, Brick?
1: Yeah, I do. And, uh, you know, maybe there's an open netter, uh, you know, uh, to make a two-goal uh, difference at the end. But, yeah, I expect very much what we saw through the first six games. Uh, it's the same feeling I had going into the Montreal game last year. It's the same sense I had going into the Tampa game last year. Uh, I had a different feeling going into the Vancouver game. I thought the Broads would win by at least two, maybe three in that game, seven in Vancouver, because of what I saw from the Vancouver Canucks. I'm not seeing that from Washington where there's uh, any kind of quit in them. They have a lot of believability. I didn't see that from Vancouver going into game seven, so I expect, yeah, very much what we saw through the first six.
0: Final question, Brick, and it's uh, crystal ball time. Goaltenders aside, who do you predict will be the number one star of the game? (laughs) Come on, we're putting you on the spot here.
1: all right. Uh, wow. I'm going to go with Dennis Seidenberg. Seidenberg. Yeah.
2: We'll we're see. We're taking Ovechkin out of, the, <laughs> out of commission here. Is that what?
1: Uh... Hey, you know, we had, when we get an overtime in game six, you know, everybody in the media that's uh, scrambling around, getting ready for uh, after the overtime win. Uh, you know, we had that uh, pool going for game winners, and I was a little disappointed some of the Boston media were picking Washington Capitals.
0: Mm. Well, it happens. It'll it'll be fun to watch. It'll it'll be fun to watch play out tonight. Brick, we'll be paying attention. Thanks for the time. We'll talk to you down the road. Okay, fellas. Andy Brickley with Dennison Callahan on the AT and T Hotline, AT and T four G LTE. He's brought to you by McGee Chevrolet in Raynham, the first place and the last place you'll ever need to shop for a new or used Chevrolet. And by Precision Fitness Equipment, shop where the pros do. Visit PrecisionFitnessEquipment.com for a store near you.